Mark chapter 12, verses 18 to 27. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but he also died leaving no child. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, Are you not in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, uh, in the account of the bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this passage of Scripture, for the challenge that it presents to us, but also, Lord, to the comfort that it presents to us, to know that death doesn't end it for us. That there will come a day of resurrection. There will come a day when we will be raised from the the dead and we will receive our resurrection body. We thank you, Lord, for the encouragement that brings to believers. We thank you also for the challenge that it brings to unbelievers who have not done business with you or put their trust in you. Lord, help us to uh, take hold of your word. Help us to uh, have it take hold of our lives so we can honor you and glorify you and present you to the world around us. Thank you for providing a salvation fully and freely by putting our trust in your son, Jesus, not in ourselves or religion, but in Jesus alone. We know the moment we do that, we pass from death to life. We will no longer face judgment, and we become part of your family. Thank you, Lord. Please open our minds to your truth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's refreshing when we hear a scientist um, admit that there are limitations to science. And uh, such is the case in a quote from the book, Putting Amazing Back into Grace, where a Nobel laureate, a pioneer in brain research, is quoted as saying this, Science cannot explain the existence of each of us as a unique self, nor can it answer such fundamental questions as, Who am I? Why am I here? How did I come to be at a certain place in time? What happens after death? These are all mysteries beyond science. Well, we're going to solve one of those mysteries this morning, and that is the mystery of what happens after death. What happens after death? That's what our passage is about. Uh, Mark chapter 12, verses 18 to 27, has to do, the question that is asked there has to do with eternity. And just so we all are on the same page, the main idea of this passage is this. The reality of future life 
is guaranteed by the power of God and by the word of God. The reality of future life is guaranteed by the power of God and by the word of God. We learn that death is not the end for human beings in this passage. And we also learn the complete trustworthiness, authority, and inspiration of the scripture. What happens after death? It's a crucial question. If there is life after death, and this passage clearly says that there is, as well as other passages in the scripture, if there is life after death, then the most crucial question of any of our lives is where will I spend eternity? Where will I spend eternity? Will I spend it in the presence of God or will I spend it apart from God? That's the choice that stands before every one of us. Will I spend eternity with God or will I spend eternity apart from God. And again, what Jesus tells us in this passage is that the reality of future life is guaranteed by the power of God and by the word of God. Now, this is the way the uh, passage outlines. Number one is the, we're introduced to the questioners in chapter 12 and verse 18. We're told who they are, and we also explore what they believe. Then we have the question in verses 19 through 33, the question that this Sadducee believes will trap Jesus, believes will trip Jesus up. That's in verses 19 through 23. And then Jesus identifies two errors among these Sadducees, and that is they make God in their own image. They made God in their own image, and they didn't understand the word of God. They are in error, Jesus tells them, about the power of God, and they are in error about the word of God. Now look with me at chapter 12 and verse 18. Then the Sadducees, uh, here we are, that were introduced to the Sadducees, and I'll tell you a little more about them in a moment, but we're introduced to them and the main thing about them. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, that was one of the key tenets of what the Sadducees believed. They did not believe there was a resurrection. And that is why they are sad, you see. I'll give you a second to think about that. That's why they are sad, you see. They don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They believe... They believed that at death, a person goes out of existence. They did not believe in eternity. Uh, we'll get into their beliefs in a moment, but let me tell you a little bit about these Sadducees. They were a religious party smaller than the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the larger religious power. We read about the Sadducees 14 times in the New Testament whereas the Pharisees are mentioned a hundred times in the New Testament. So there are about 14 mentions of the Sadducees, a hundred mentions of the Pharisees. The Sadducees were the aristocratic ones. They were urban, they were wealthy, they were people of rank and status and influence. 
They were rationalist. Uh, they, meaning that they uh, denied that uh, there is existence after death. They believed that there was nothing beyond the grave. They were the rationalist of their day. They believed that the only thing that existed is that which we can see and hear and smell and feel and touch. Now, what did they believe? They did not believe in existence after death. They thought that death ended it all. They thought that death ended it all. They did not believe in the reality of angels. They did not believe in the reality of the spirit world. They did not believe in future judgment. They did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They said that the soul perished with the body. They did not believe in immortality. Now, the reason for their denials is because they said that they couldn't find these doctrines in the first five books of the Bible. Now, what do we call the first five books of the Bible? Anybody remember? The Pentateuch. The Pentateuch. The first five books of the Bible are called the Pentateuch. They only believed... The Sadducees only believed in the Pentateuch. If they thought something wasn't found in the Pentateuch, they would not believe it. Now, uh, one writer said that as a result, they don't believe in the afterlife, they don't believe in final judgment, as they feel that these doctrines are not explicitly taught in the books of Moses. So that was their belief that these things such as resurrection, life after death, were not taught in the first five books of the Bible, were not taught in the Pentateuch. So they rejected them. It is in interesting that in Jesus' argument against that, he uses the Pentateuch. He shows them where they are wrong, where they are in error. So these are the questioners. They are Sadducees. They are the rationalists of the day. They say that there is no resurrection, we're told in verse 18. And they came to Jesus with a question. Now, understand, they weren't trying to elicit an answer. They didn't, they didn't want more information. Boy, if only we had more information, we would believe. That wasn't the point. The point was they were trying to trap Jesus. The point was, once again, remember, we are in the Passion Week. Jesus is just days away from what? Don't be afraid. His death and burial and resurrection. And so he's questioned by these, this group who does not believe in the resurrection. It's interesting to note that Jesus is just days from his own resurrection just days from his own resurrection. And so they come to him. They don't believe in the resurrection. They came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, and I love the earnestness with which his opponents ask questions. <laughs> Did you ever notice that? I mean, they were really into it. They were really into it. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children... The man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now, that is called the Leveret Law. The Leveret Law. And it is, it is found in Deuteronomy, and you can write this down and turn later. 
uh, Deuteronomy chapter 25 and verse 5, if brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside the family. Her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to her. The first son she bears shall carry on the name of the dead brother so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. This is called the Leverite Law. And it was a law primarily brought into existence for three reasons. One is to pro provide for the widow. To provide for the widow. Widows had the most difficult time of anybody in the, in the Old and New Testament days. And so it was to provide, first of all, for the uh, widows. Secondly, it was so that the family name might be carried on. Why? Because so much uh, had to do the participation in the covenant, the promises to Israel, the property that was uh, belonged to a, a family needed to be protected. And that's the third reason they wanted to protect the inheritance. So they wanted to provide for the widow, carry on the family name, and protect the inheritance. That was the three reasons for the Leveret Law. Well, we read we, back in uh, Mark chapter 12. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but he also died leaving no child. By the way, I almost named this sermon One Bride for Seven Brothers. I thought that, that might be appropriate. Uh, if you've never seen the movie, then that didn't make any sense to you. Okay. Uh, the second one married the widow, but he also died leaving no child. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, and now you can almost see the, the Sadducees drawing his chest up because he is about to lower the boom on Jesus. In fact, none of the seven children left, uh, seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? Ha! I got you. Boom! And you can almost see him run around the room and high-five and low-five the other Sadducees. Got him. Got him. But Jesus had an answer. And he points out two errors of the Sadducees they made God in their own image and they didn't understand the Word of God. They made God in their own image and they did not understand the Word of God. Jesus replied, Are you not in error? Now that word error in Greek is an interesting word. It means, Are you not deceived? Are you not being led astray? Are you not leading others astray? That's what the word error there means. Are you not in error? You don't know what you're talking about, he says to the Sadducees. You're leading, you're being led astray, and you are leading others astray. Are you not in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God? 
they, don't, they made God in their own image, and we're going to look at that in just a moment, and they didn't understand even what the Word of God had to say. Are you not in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. The first thing that Jesus deals with is the power of God. The first thing that he deals with is the power of God and how that they don't understand the power of God, how they are making God in their own image rather than seeing God in all of his greatness and power and glory. And so he deals with that error first, our error about the power of God. Now about, we read here in verse 25, when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now, Jesus already has used, is about to use the Old Testament, about to use the Pentateuch, and now he is saying that there are angels. What did the Sadducees say? There are no angels. There is no spirit world. Jesus says, when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. There's a couple of things that we see in this passage. First of all, we see that God was limited by their limited vision. That is, in their eyes, God was limited by their limited vision. They could not understand how God could overcome any issues or problems that would arise over the doctrine of the resurrection. They could not understand and did not know the power of God that God could overcome any issues, any problems that would arise over the doctrine of the resurrection. As William Barclay put it, the Sadducees made the mistake of creating heaven in the image of earth. Men have always done so. Always men have tended to create in thought a heaven to suit themselves. In other words, they didn't see God in his greatness and his power. They didn't understand the power of God. They didn't understand that any issues that would arise because of the doctrine of the resurrection. And, you know, they bring this silly, ridiculous argument to Jesus about a woman married to seven men. Uh, for, the, for the point of making it appear to be ridiculous, to reduce it to the level of, its, of absurdity, is the reason they did that. And Jesus turns it right back on them and says, you don't know, you're in error, you're deceived about the power of God. What he is saying here, using the angels as an example is that in the resurrection, there will be a new order of existence brought about by the power of God. In the resurrection, and that's important, I want to say that again. In the resurrection, there will be a new order of existence brought about by the power of God. They underestimated God's power to raise the dead. They underestimated God's power to resolve difficulties connected with the idea of resurrection. They underestimated God's power to overcome death and give life. And so we see that they made God in their own image. Instead of understanding God and his greatness, instead of trying to understand what the word of God truly said, they made God in their own image. 
and in their thinking he was powerless to deal with these issues. Well, Jesus is saying what you don't understand is that in the resurrection there'll be a new order of existence. The same physical and natural laws will not apply. The same physical and natural laws will not apply to the resurrection world and the resurrection life. Angels are deathless. That is, angels do not die. There's a certain number of angels that God created. Those are all the angels there are. Angels do not are, are sexless and they are deathless, which means they don't die, so they don't need to replace themselves. And angels are, uh, do not marry or are they given in marriage. That's what the Sadducees missed. That's the truth that the Sadducees missed. The same physical and natural laws will not apply. Angels are deathless and have no need of reproduction and have no need of the marital relationship. There is no death, thus there is no need for procreation. There is no death among angels, thus no need for procreation. Now, part of the thing that the Sadducees missed is this. The Sadducees were repelled by the implication of resurrection as it was understood in their day. The way that resurrection was understood wrongly is, as one writer put it, the current popular idea with reference to the future life was that the resurrection would restore to men their former bodies, former appetites, former passions, and the usual material conditions and relationships, this low sensual conception of the future was the cause of the Sadducean ridicule and derision. Uh, in other words, they're saying, I, I don't want this old body back. I don't want these feelings that I have now. I don't want the, 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 the tensions, the appetites, the passions. Uh, I, I don't want all those things. I don't want these material conditions. So therefore, I do not want to believe in a resurrection. Well, I got to tell you, if I'm going to get this old body back with the old tensions, the old uh, appetites, I think I might join the Sadducees. But what Jesus is saying is that it's not the old body with the old appetites, the old passions, the usual material conditions and relationships. It's a whole new form of existence, similar to the angels who do not die and do not procreate. It's a whole new existence. Uh, one writer put it this way, hunger and thirst being no more, there shall be no need of food. Weariness and fatigue being no more, there shall be no need of sleep. Death being no more, there shall be no need of birth to supply the place of those who are removed. Enjoying the full presence of God and His Christ, men and women shall no more need the marriage union in order to help one another. Able to serve God without weariness and attend on Him without distraction, doing His will perfectly, seeing His face continuously, clothed in a glorious body, they shall be as the angels which are in heaven. That's where the Sadducees got it wrong. 
That's where the Sadducees got it wrong. There will be a new order of existence in the resurrection. You see, in this world, we have many cares. You and I have many cares. We have a sense of our weakness, a sense of our imperfections. We are bothered with questions like what to eat and what to drink and what to put on. We're troubled with questions of how to manage our lives, where to live, what career to pursue, what place to pursue that career. There are many cares, but the resurrection life will be beyond those cares. Beyond those cares. Dr. Harry Ironside, a great teacher of the Word of God, said this, in the eternal condition following the rising from the dead, marriage will have no place. Each will be a distinct individual capable of endless bliss or woe, but human relationships as they know them here will be ended. I want you to think about Jesus' resurrection body and how it had changed and how it was like his uh, body before resurrection. Uh, remember, his body was not limited by time and space. When he was, uh, after his resurrection, his body was not limited by time and space. When you and I are resurrected at some future time, before we go into eternity, when we are resurrected, our bodies will not be, when we are re resurrected, our bodies will not be subject to time and space, will not be subject to disease and weariness and pain. Wow. Wow. That's a new order of existence. Does that appeal to you? I don't know about you, but it appeals to me. A body not limited by time and space. A body not subject to disease and weariness and pain. You see, the resurrection life is not just an extension of this life. It's an entirely new existence. It's not just an extension of this life. It's an entirely new existence. No longer will be, we be subject and limited by time and space. No longer will we be subject to disease, weariness, pain, or hunger. That's what Jesus is saying to them. God was limited by their limited vision of him. They made God in their own image. Now, in eternity, also, we will have different goals patterned after the angels. The nature of eternity is our lives will be totally centered around service for and fellowship with God. Our lives will be totally centered around praise and worship and service. You see, this life is just preparation for that. This life is preparation for that. The reason we come together and we, we sing songs of praise, the reason we come together and we pray, the reason we come together and we study the Word of God is so that we can praise God, so that we can worship God. We come together also, we can serve God as we serve each other. That's why it's so important here and now. That's why it's so wrong when somebody decides, I don't need church. This is preparation. 
This is preparation for you and preparation for me for what you and I will be doing throughout all eternity. Praise, worship, service. In a new order of existence. Well, that's the first argument that Jesus makes. They are in error about the power of God. The second argument He makes is that they don't even know the Word of God. They don't know what they're talking about. They are in error about the Word of God. We read in verse 26, Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses? Uh Uh-oh! He got us! Book of Moses, that's the only one we accept. Those five Have you not read in the book of Moses in the account of the bush how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken, and now it's time for Jesus to go boom! Got him. With their own scripture. With their own scripture. What's the scripture he's referring to? It's Exodus chapter 3. Verses 1 to 6. You can write it down and look it up. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, now please take note of this, and when you do turn to this passage, underline this. Then he said, I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Notice he didn't say, I was, because they're all physically dead by this time. So how can he speak of them as if they're they're alive? If there is no eternity, if there is no future resurrection of the dead, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Jesus goes on to say, He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. God implied that the patriarchs were still alive by using the present tense, I am the God. He implied that the patriarchs were still alive. And he had a continuing relationship with them as their covenant-keeping God. Resurrection implied this relationship. As it says in the survey of Bible doctrine, between the death of the body and the resurrection, both the righteous and the wicked exist in a conscious state. The believer in the presence of the Lord during this time, while the unbeliever is in conscious torment. 
In other words, what, what the progression that this is talking about and that Jesus is observing here is that we, when we die, death just simply means separation. At death, our immaterial part is separated from our physical part. Our physical part is laid in the ground. Our immaterial part, our spirit, our soul, goes to be with Jesus Christ if we're believers. Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 8, where he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That is when a believer dies, when they physically die, their spirit goes to be with Jesus Christ, their body is laid into the ground, awaiting the resurrection when both will be joined together again. Paul also talked about that in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 23 where Paul is musing. Remember, he's in prison and he is uh, about to be martyred for his faith. And he says, I don't, I don't know what I would choose. It's, it's if to, be, to depart is to be with Christ. That is, if they put him to death, he'll be with Christ. I don't know what to choose, he said. To depart and be with Christ or to stay here because I'll be more beneficial to you. Philippians. The point is, if Paul loses his life, he will be in the presence of Jesus Christ. For the unbeliever, you have to look at Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31, the story of Lazarus and the rich man. The unbeliever, we learn in that passage, after physical death is in conscious torment, waiting for the time when their body and soul will be put together and they will be placed into the lake of fire for judgment for all eternity. Well, I've got to bring it to a close. We learn uh, the companion, the Bible reader's companion suggests three lessons from this incident. Number one, Jesus confirms the full inspiration and authority of the scripture. He makes his argument based on the tense of a verb. He is that committed to the word of God, and he trusts it so that he uses a tense of a verb in the text to make his argument. The second, so we, we see the confirmation of the full inspiration and authority of the Old Testament. The second lesson we can learn is that death is not the end for human beings. And the third lesson is it profits us nothing to say we believe the Bible if we are ignorant of its teachings. Let me finish by challenging you. If you're a believer in Christ, you have put your faith in Him and He has secured your future. If you're not a believer in Christ at this time this morning, the Scripture says now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. I urge you, I implore you to trust Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for these truths about eternity, truths about the resurrection from the dead. And Lord, we do pray that if there are those here who have yet to trust your son Jesus and are looking at a Christless eternity, we pray they would trust him. And for those of us who know him, Lord, may we be committed more every day to your will and your way. In Jesus' name, amen.